Uh, so welcome to our second, um, our second of our two um, podcasts. I'm out for a walk with, with Dave Pegg. Dave um, is the leader of, um, of PACE Schools Work Team. PACE stands for Programme for Applied Christian Education. Both of us work together. Um, Dave's actually my boss, so that's why I'm going to be extra specially nice to him. <laughs> um, but one of the big questions I'm often asked, especially at interviews for vicar jobs, is they, are, is they say, what are you going to do to get young people into church, is the phrase they use, um, which... I, I don't particularly like the question, but I, but, I, but I hear the essence of it about wanting to see the next generation come to know Jesus. So, Dave, if you ask that mm. question, or wh- how would you respond to a question like that? In a youth worker job interview. Or, or, or well, uh, one, was, one was a vicar job interview, but yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, how are we going to get young people into church? I'm not even sure that's the right question. <laughs> no, I'm not sure either. Fact, I, I mean, my answer question. would have something to do with getting the church out to young people. Yeah. That's where it has to start, isn't it? And I'd probably start with the word Jesus. I'd put the word Jesus in there, actually. I, I, yeah, obviously, any community is gathered around yeah. you know, some sort of community. But actually, I'm less worried about them, them sat in a building. I'm more worried about them knowing Jesus, yeah. which is, you know, yeah. And, yeah, you can go too far either way with that, I think. Yeah. You can say, we've got to get young people into church. Why aren't they coming? And the answer is, well, because you don't know them. You're not going to where they are in school. Um, and you can go too far the other way, which is to say, oh, let's get out there and meet everybody. And we don't care what they do. We don't care if they gather with us. That's OK. We ne- never mind. You don't have to yeah. uh, be with us for the Jesus stuff. Let's just be friends. And, you know, that's missing the point, too. You're right. People do gather to worship Jesus and we want our friends to be with us for that but uh, usually we've got to know them and be friends and for them to be interested and curious enough to turn up to anything like that yeah um, we've got to go to where they are before where they turn up where we are yeah and that whole them and us way of thinking is not brilliant anyway is it no. um, the church gathers and it scatters it's still church yeah and Jesus is hopefully at the center of all of that Sometimes we're gathered worshipping him, learning from him, helping our friends find out more. Sometimes we're scattered doing the same, hopefully, in slightly different ways in our jobs and things. So if you were trying to work with churches to think, how can we fruitfully engage with young people to see them, not just just getting to know us, not just hanging out and eating pizza, although lovely to eat pizza, but actually meeting, engaging, discussing exploring yeah, the claims so, of Jesus. What, what, what would be your, what would be your, your top tips? As well, a... The, there's a stat that I often quote, and I think it's a really important one for Christians to think about, especially if they're leading churches or if they're just in churches. 95% of children and young people in our country, uh, we're told, are not connected with any Christian kids or youth work. 95% aren't turning effect, up to yeah. our stuff. Uh, in the church program in any way shape or form so that was urban saints wasn't it who did that yeah urban saints i think yeah did yeah. that research i think i could be wrong there but uh yeah 95 percent. that's most of them yeah that's thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people young people who aren't turning up to churchy stuff but they are in school all day every day normally yeah. and what's more not only do they have to go to school but they pretty much all of them have to learn about Jesus and Christianity at some point too. But in many, many, many cases, they've got good teachers who aren't necessarily following Jesus. So they're not learning about Christianity from Christians. And that's a really valuable thing to have. And most teachers know this as well. They're grateful when Christians offer to go in and help with that. 
so people can hear about Jesus from someone who follows him yeah. and ask them all sorts of questions and hear all sorts of answers as well. And uh, so that, that school's work thing, particularly in the area of teaching RE, I think, for me, is really precious. And a lot of people haven't realised what a sitter it is. It's a big opportunity to engage with the 95%. Uh, in a lesson, you've got an hour, you've got all sorts of people, and, you've, and it's learning time, and it's time to talk about Jesus. So who doesn't want to do that? That's crazy. Like, most Christians would want to have a go at that, surely, yeah. if they got ready a little bit. And certainly most churches ought to be, ought to be taking that, that thing seriously. And so straight away, if you're doing that kind of thing in your local schools, you are engaging with the 95%. Yeah. Uh, and they're not necessarily the people who are turning up to your stuff, but you're turning up to their place of work, and helping them explore the Christian faith because they're being required to do that. I mean, going where the people are was a very Jesus-y thing to do. That's what he, that's what he did, didn't it? He, yeah. went where, he went where the population were. Too often we have the... Um, I remember when I got um, licensed in Kingswood, they talked about the um, parable of the, um, of the lost sheep and was saying that the shepherd went, went out to look for the sheep. He didn't, he didn't stay in the um, sheep pen looking at his watch going, why aren't they coming? <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's churches I've heard that in the past that just leave their doors open and let God bring them in, that kind of idea. <laughs> yeah. um, but also I was thinking there is something about faith or anything being taught by somebody that's passionate about it. I remember when I was at school, they brought in an old boy who had been in the war. And again, it was, we were interested because this is a guy that actually, had actually fought and actually, you know, been mm. there, you know, sort of, um, yeah. Yeah, um, or I don't know, um, you know, sort of some, you know, a scientist talking about science, their eyes light up. You know, it's great just to have, that's right. be, be, be taught about something by someone who's walked it, by someone who's lived it, by someone who... It who brings the topic it. alive, doesn't yeah. it? You want to learn about fast cars, you get someone in who loves fast cars. Yeah. You want to learn about Christianity, you get a Christian in. Yeah. You get someone in who loves Jesus and is following him. And one of the things I'd say about that also is I remember um, I, start, I did a little while, did some chaplaincy at um, a Young Offenders Institute in Bristol, and I was sat there waiting to be ushered in for my assembly, and, um, and they had like a little... Um, photo album thing I think they did of all the stuff they did yeah. and they talked about chaplaincy and they had a picture of the imam playing football with the kids and they had a, a cartoon drawing of a vicar with a with a dog collar buck teeth and a big bible right. because clearly no Christian had been in and they had to use a picture <laughs> of clip from clip art uh, I was right. thinking I was thinking the imam's got it right <laughs> mm. he's, he's in there he's playing football with the kids he's, right. he's engaging and we should be doing that and actually I think um, yeah, yeah. I think if if a church has the luxury of being able to employ people on their staff with this age group, children's workers, youth workers, that kind of thing, if they've got the ability to employ people like that on their church staff, they've got to be thinking about schools work. Yeah. Uh, they, you can't pay someone like that to sit at their desk and prepare the stuff for the five percent only. Yeah. Uh, they, they do need to work with the five percent. That's important. Those five percent need to be sharing their faith at school and they can do things that we can't but that person should be told off if they're sat at the desk too much like I was in my old job they would they would say Dave you're you're at your desk all week what are you doing we don't pay for this go to school <laughs> and I was, I'm really grateful for that so I think they had it right there yeah I mean it, it, it is interesting though is it? but when we think about that sometimes the church leader they expect you to be just hanging around the church and actually I think being out and about in the community is where we're where we need it. But I think it's not just about the church leader, actually. It's about saying, how can we equip 
ordinary people to do, um, to be involved in our, our youth work. One of the things that I, you know, I used to say about the 95% is, um, well, they're probably someone in the church's nans, probably that one of the kids' nan, or, yeah. or, or their aunt, or their, their stepmom, or their, or their, bit, or their um, I don't know, their, their cousin or something. You know, actually, there's, yeah. Yeah, well, these people aren't complete strangers to us. There often, there often is a connection back yeah. to church in some way. And actually, especially with the world being such a crazy place at the moment, mm. often it's the um, extended family that often have massive influence over, yeah. over our kids. As a, at Pace, we obviously partner up with youth workers and church staff like that for schools. But we also, on our teams, have volunteers who just have time in the day and love Jesus and love young people and want to help out too. And they get involved in the school's work. Uh, all sorts of people get involved uh, in the school's work and that's, that's really important. Um, we've got a diverse bunch of churches teaming up together and we've got a diver- diverse bunch in terms of church staff and non-church staff uh, volunteers too. One of the things that um, really struck me was um, I went and saw an open the book assembly uh, not long ago, and this was mainly made up of elderly elderly ladies who you probably wouldn't think as to be your your typical cool schools workers, but yet the kids loved it and they loved the kids, and yeah. it was a really positive way of a church that wouldn't necessarily consider itself well equipped to do um, effective youth and children's work was actually doing it. Yeah. The other thing I thought about that was if you're starting off with really good children's work, as they get older, you've built a relationship with them and actually maybe we can work a way of not dropping, of not, of not seeing the kids drop off when they hit teenage years. You know, but, so rather than just say, oh yeah, we need to get yeah. teenagers in, maybe a good, good way is building, building good kids' work, building... Yeah, I mean, you're thinking in that question about how do we see them turn up to our stuff and, yeah, well, uh, yeah. and grow through the church again and and I and I do want to see that too yeah. I do want to see young people connecting with local churches and settling and calling it home and uh, and belonging to the family of God uh, you know as Christians I do want to see that but our focus I think at pace is on the sowing rather than reaping if I can put yeah, it that way yeah. so the way we measure the success of our work isn't how many young people have turned up in church youth work and become Christians there or something. Yeah. Um, no, the measure of our success, the way we measure progress and success in our work is how many schools are we serving? How are we serving them? Are we doing this many assemblies, that many lessons, this many lunch clubs? <clears throat> That's how we measure the progress and success of our work. And are there stories of people understanding the gospel and understanding and being surprised usually by what a Christian really is, what a Christian really believes, and why they believe it. They've got good reasons. That usually surprises people too, to know that we've got brains. So, <laughs> uh, is it something that happening? Christians are stupid, isn't it? Or, or naive? Or so it's those garble, kinds yeah. of it's stats and it's stories about the sowing. Yeah. Um, that's how we measure the success of our work. And so I'm not, I actually think in this culture of ours, it's a slow burn yeah. and it's a big leap for people from a non church family background hearing about this in an RE lesson to then make the leap into something churchy. I I think it's probably going to be down to them and a Christian friend in school Mm. that helps them make that little leap um, to turn up to something in the church. And and so for me and my work, I'm focused on the sewing. Are we going to this many schools, helping people, the 95%, explore the Christian faith? But I'm also interested in 
what youth workers do for churches to help their young people who are Christians live out their faith at school, have decent conversations with friends. And, uh, you know, people bring people, don't they? Yeah. Uh, you know, come and see. I think that's, I think that's true. And I, I guess also, we talk about youth workers, I think there's also um, a challenge for us as parents to say, actually, how can we bring up our kids to know that Absolutely. they're loved by Jesus and, um, and, to, and to, that they have something beautiful and wonderful to share? Um, yeah. yeah I, I think of my little girl and I, I'm not quite sure where she is in it completely in her journey of, journey of faith, but my, yeah. my prayer for her was, would, would be I would love to see her being able to naturally talk about her faith with her friends um, in a way that helps, blesses her friends rather than causes her to get, get bullied. Really. That's, you know, I, I like yeah. to have tools to be able to talk wisely and well about Jesus, fruitfully and faithfully. Absolutely. Because <laughs> I did it really badly when I was a kid. Yeah. I've mentioned <laughs> churches that have the luxury of employing children's and youth work staff. There are plenty of churches that don't have that, and they might be tempted to think, oh no, who's going to raise our young people to have faith in Jesus? We've only <laughs> Well, the obvious answer is parents, isn't it? Even if you are employing those staff, parents are still the biggest influence on their kids. Yeah, definitely. And as a dad, I feel this brilliant burden of pastoral care to my kids and, yeah. and discipleship responsibility and evangelism, yeah. you know, um, helping them really explore and ask questions and wrestle with what it means to follow Jesus and as they grow older. We, you know, no. I don't want to, this is easy to browbeat parents and make them feel guilty for not doing <laughs> stuff, isn't it? But, but, come on, how hard <laughs> is it to pray with your kids? How yeah. hard is it to have a Bible on the breakfast table and every now and again read a little bit together? Yeah. There are things that I think are realistic to expect most families to be able to manage. Are you, are you talking about Jesus together? Are you praying together? Yeah. Are you doing, you know, there must be something. There must yeah. be something uh, the biggest influence in a child's life can do yeah. to help them get to know Jesus as they go through, go through their life. And if, and if that's not happening, couple of hours a week in a youth group isn't going to make much difference. Yeah, no, I think that's a lot of truth in there and I, certainly as a parent I feel a bit bad that I could have, done, could have done more and could have done better but the thing I think now is even though I haven't done as well as I'd like to have done, um, I do, I see my daughter a couple of times a week and um, yeah now when I, when I, when a mum picks her up I give her a, give her a cuddle and I normally say a little blessing over her and I, I do yeah. make a point every day when I have my coffee and if anyone knows me I drink far too much coffee <laughs> um, yeah. I, do, you know, I do just you know it's always you know first thing in the day is just pray that yeah she knows Jesus and that God but not just she knows Jesus in that sort of she needs a ticket to heaven it's actually like when, yeah. when we had that whole debate my wife was a Baptist yeah. um, and I'm obviously Anglican um, about that whole getting christened baptised baby thing yeah. and I was like a more Anglican perspective is the idea that they, they grew up in a Christian home and there's never a day when they don't know that they're loved by Jesus. And um, yeah. rather than suddenly a ping light bulb moment happens, although, although right. praise God, that is what happens to some people. My, my sort of idea that actually Jesus is always part of a life and actually it's not a, yeah, yeah um, almost the, it's not a kind of conversion, but a, but a growth, which is more Jewish. Well, actually, that's the story that, I want for my kids, isn't it? I, yeah. I want my kids to say, I've always kind of known Jesus, and yeah. I've always been doing life with God. I don't want them to have the story that goes, <laughs> my life fell apart and I ended up in prison a bunch of times and addicted yeah. to whatever, meth, and then, yeah. and then God turned me around. 
Oh, that's not the story. God does stories like that, doesn't he? But yeah. that's not the story I want for my kids. <laughs> I was. I had this beautiful um, story I heard from a friend and then read it. Read the same story in a book by Rachel Held Evans, and um, and it was. Um, she was saying that her dad talked to her about asking Jesus into her heart, and she thought, "I'm pretty sure he's already there." Yeah. And, and that's absolutely. <laughs> and that, and that, that's what I. That's sort of what I'd like hope to say. She sort of says she loves Jesus. That's my little girl. She sort of says yeah. she loves Jesus. Um, and I think, she, I think she does, but I think I just wanted to, yeah, That's it. And they more go, of it, more of it. Our kids go back, they're eight and ten, our girls. Yeah. They go back and forth, you yeah. know, some days some, or some weeks, some months they're like, oh, I don't want to be a Christian, this is not for me, yeah. I'm not sure it's real. Yeah. Uh, and other times they're passionate and praying and reading yeah. their Bible for themselves. And it, it ebbs and flows, and that's, yeah. I think, normal and natural. As they're growing older, they're figuring it out. They're asking questions. Uh, uh, for me, I'd rather have that. Actually, I think I'd rather, I'd rather a bumpy faith that's a bit, a bit messy that's real, than, than saying all the right answers that pleases me and having no depth to it. You want, you can actually, when life throws, all the stuff it throws at you, you want your kids' faith to be, yeah, strong enough to, strong enough to do life with God and know that He's faithful, know that He's, you know, know that yeah. He's hanging on to them and they're hanging on to Him. That's. That, that's the, that's that's the that's my dream. <laughs> yeah, and I think as a parent, it's the challenge is, I can't leave my kids where I haven't been myself. So, am I uh, feeding myself spiritually? Am I praying, reading the Bible a bit, and am I nurturing my own relationship with God? If I am, and I and I am I struggling with my own doubts as well, you know, yeah. and wrestling with them, doing journeying with them rather than just ignoring them. Yeah. Am I figuring out stuff and learning? And if I am, then I can help my kids do that. Yeah. And if I'm not, well, that's going to throw me, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, so. I, yeah. In fact, I, I did something very stupid, um, which I massively regret, is that when I was vicaring, I probably spent far too much time on ministry than I did on family. And, um, and actually, I think sometimes we think we're doing by, by being busy in church, but actually, mm-hmm. I think you know, Mother Teresa said, "If you want to serve God, go home and love your family." You know, actually, yeah. I think there's something massive about about actually, as churches, we ought to be equipping and helping people to say, actually, your mission field is is is, is your home. Your mission field isn't your is your workplace, is the school gate, is the is the yeah. all these various places, but it's Absolutely. also your kids are watching you, <laughs> your kids are listening and seeing how you react. The kids are wanting to see if you're displaying the fruit of the spirit, or, um, right. or, or whether you're whether you're forgiving or holding grudges, or whether you're or whatever. And and and, and sadly, I know with my little girl, she's seen me both get it right and also sadly get it wrong as well. And yeah. again, maybe there's something in that about her knowing that sometimes I have to say I shouldn't have done that. I was I was wrong, and I'm sorry. You know. That's massively part of it too. And like, I don't want to make it sound like I'm doing a perfect job because no, 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 I'm no, really I wasn't, not. Yeah. <laughs> Every day I'm uh, having to apologise. To my kids and ask their forgiveness for blowing it in some way, not listening properly or yeah. losing my temper or whatever it is. Um, you know, and yeah, we have to be able to do forgiveness well in our yeah. family. Uh, we, we talk about, um, it, you're right in those moments, it's a gospel opportunity though. So uh, we do uh, repentance, forgiveness, reconciliation. We do those three words. Mm. Uh, or we do those three things, even if we're not using those words. So when someone says something wrong in our family, we say sorry, and we say sorry for what it was. Yeah. That's uh, a little bit like repentance. We have the other person say, 
the other person in our family will say, not it's okay, because it's not okay, it's sin, uh, but will say, I forgive you. And so forgiveness is part of our girls' vocabulary and, and part of ours uh, as well. So, uh, and then we'll do kisses, cuddles, <laughs> reconciliation, you know. So there's always, when, there's, when someone's punched someone or said something they shouldn't or whatever, there's I'm sorry for, there's I forgive you, and there's kisses, cuddles. Uh, it's repentance, forgiveness, reconciliation. And we're, and we're doing, we're, we're acting doing out the gospel with each other. Uh, and so hopefully help, that's helping us understand a little bit about how God works with us as well. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Dave. And one thing I just think there's a final thought to say. It's been great just chatting about this with Dave. And um, something we've chatted about, not just because we've got it on, on tape now, but actually something we've talked about a bit in the past. And I think this ought to be stuff we ought to just be talking about to our normal Christian mates, really, rather than it being a subject we never talk about. Parenting feels like one of those things you don't mention other people's parenting. And actually yeah. sometimes saying, talking about, I really want my kids to know Jesus, how are you doing it, what's happening, is actually an okay, yeah. is an okay question, I think, to, to ask and, and to ask humbly for one another, really. I'm just nicking other parents' ideas that they've yeah. talked about, and I'm really glad that they've talked about them, otherwise I wouldn't be able to nick their ideas. <laughs> so, exactly, yeah. But we worry that parents will feel judged as soon as we ask yeah. these kinds of questions. Yeah. And... We need to have decent enough friendships for parents who are Christians that we can ask each other, how are you doing this, how are you doing that, and, and help each other. And even, you know, have you tried this, have you tried that? <laughs> you know, we need to, I've learned so much from that. And people who've had the guts to say stuff like that to me, I've learned from it, yeah. um, rather than felt judged. So um, that's the point, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, if we never say anything, no one's ever going to learn anything. No, that's true. We've got to get over that. I feel offended, I feel judged thing and start helping each other. And real relationships. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Dave. That's been brilliant.